Chapter Forty Four of Out of the Shadow by Rose Gollop Cohen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Forty Four. One day, when I was sixteen years old, a neighbor came into our house. She glanced at me on the couch and at my mother sewing at the window. What? she said, is your daughter still ill? Mother bent her head lower over her work, but answered lightly, Yes, but it is nothing. You know, the neighbor smiled after a few moments. I think I know of a remedy. Mother looked up for the first time. Yes? she asked. Yes. The neighbor smiled again. She would not say what it was, and went out with a mysterious nod and smile for each of us. In the evening after supper, two days later, while I was preparing to go out for a walk, Mother said she had no sugar for the morning. She laid the money on the table and said with unusual quietness, Sugar is fifteen cents a paper nearly everywhere, but there is one store where you can get it for fourteen. Where? I asked. I was at the mirror combing out my hair and stood with my back toward the room. It is on Broom Street near the market. I turned quickly, but Mother was already walking into the kitchen. I thought it very queer, but did not say anything. I braided my hair, put on my hat and coat, and ran out. I began to run at once, for I was always afraid of the cold. As I ran, I thought again of my errand and wondered at it. True, we never stopped at any distance to get a thing a cent cheaper, but to go as far as this for a paper of sugar seemed extreme even for us. And Mother's manner surprised me even more as I recalled it now. When I reached Broom Street I looked up at the numbers and found that I still had a distance to go. I walked leisurely now, for I was no longer cold. An agreeably warm sensation was tingling through my whole body and the air seemed sweet. I was also conscious of a vague happiness and wondered. There seemed so little cause. One hour before I had been so miserable. The cause seemed that father was irritable, mother sorrowful, and the light in the room was dim, and I knew that the next day would be the same, and the day after, and the day after that. I found the grocery a one-store window. A bell tinkled over the door as I entered. No one was in, so I went and leaned on the wooden counter to wait. Presently, a fair young man with a ruddy face and stooping shoulders came in from a door at the back. He asked mechanically what I wanted and pushed the paper of sugar across the counter with scarcely a glance at me. I saw a corner of a lump of sugar sticking out through the bag, so I asked, Will you please put this into another bag? I have quite a distance to go. He looked up quickly and stared at me for a moment. Then he took a bag and began slipping the sugar into it. The bag broke so he crumpled it up, threw it under the counter and took another one. "'Where do you live?' he asked, working with marked slowness and tearing this bag too. "'On Cherry Street,' I said. He was silent, but I noticed that his face looked more animated than it had been. At last my sugar was safe in two bags, and he handed it to me instead of pushing it across the counter as before. "'How is it out?' he asked, glancing at me shyly for the second time and then looking toward the door. With people that were shy, I felt at ease, almost bold. So I answered pleasantly, Fine, it is cold, but there is no wind. And now, since I had spoken to him, I thought it would be rude not to say good night. As I was walking toward the door, I was aware that he stood still looking after me. It was only later when I recalled these details that I realized I had noticed them. Again, about two days later, my mother asked me hesitatingly and without looking at me, "'Well, what do you think of that young man?' I looked at her in surprise. "'What young man?' I asked. "'The young man from the grocery store on Broom Street,' she said, 
i did not think of him why then with great earnestness mother explained to me that the young man was a possible suitor and a very desirable one that he was getting an excellent living out of the store and that he very much wished to become further acquainted and a meeting had already been arranged for saturday i was bewildered by what had been happening i was grown up a young man was coming to see me i would soon be married perhaps the thought i am grown up came again and again it seemed incredible i remember late one night perhaps it was that very first night when it was still all through the house i rose from the couch took the tiny night lamp from the nail and tiptoed to the half-length mirror hanging between the two windows i held it up and looked at myself earnestly for a long minute so i am grown up i thought during the few days that followed there was a great hustle and bustle in our house our first furniture had long ago been broken up and a second-hand couch for two dollars that had been added since now stood on three legs so mother brought forth the homespun linen sheet which she had as a relic from home and spread it over the couch when will there be a better time to use it than now she said and smiled at me and father went out and bought two straight-backed chairs and a rocker and we were ready to receive the young man he came saturday about three o'clock accompanied by a middle-aged man who introduced himself as the oldest uncle i shrank behind my mother and a cousin who had been invited to be present to give her opinion of the young man at last the first few minutes the worst part was over we were all seated father and the uncle sat at the table opposite each other and at once began a lively conversation to which the rest of us sat and listened respectfully when i felt more at ease i observed the young man i felt as if i'd known him a long time it seemed quite natural that he should sit with his neck shrunk into his collar and keep his hat on like the two older men and be quite as old-fashioned as they were then in my mind arose the image of another young man he was the imaginary companion of my childhood grown older he was tall and dark and not at all shy i sat thinking so until i noticed the uncle observing me from time to time and i became uneasy again but i too observed him i liked him he reminded me of mr peggotty from david copperfield he was a large strong ruddy-faced man with a hearty frank manner he was leaning on the table with his hands clasped in front of him and he looked right into my father's face as he talked he was relating his experiences as a news-dealer at last he sat back in his chair my heart began to beat uncomfortably now he said supposing we talk of things nearer our hearts i was aware that even the children avoided looking at me tell me the uncle asked in his frank blunt way glancing at me and then looking at my father why do you want to marry off that girl she is so young and not at all homely what is the haste there was a tone of suspicion in his voice as if he feared a bad bargain there was a buzzing in my ears and i wanted to run away indistinctly i heard my parents answer something and at the same time i suddenly saw the young man standing before me and asking will you come for a walk with me i rose quickly went into the bedroom and stood with my face pressed against the clothes hanging on the wall then i came out dressed in my childish hat and coat and we went out and now i heard him talk for the first time since i bought the sugar in his store his tone was earnest and a little eager his expressions we spoke yiddish of course were almost biblically old-fashioned as if he had just come from some pious russian village instead of having been in america five years he told me that he had three uncles 
i recall these words spoken confidently but piously my uncles are all espoused and with the help of god they are making a living i gathered that he wanted me to know that as a member of this family he too felt confident of being able to make a living he talked the whole while to the same effect his tone became more eager and persuasive from this and his looks and manner his thought of myself was very clear to me i felt a little pleased but that was all when we came home we had cake and tea and then they went away that evening and the next day my parents looked quietly excited and expectant the next night while we were at supper a message came from the matchmaker saying that the young man and his family were pleased and would be happy at an alliance father was so pleased at the news that his face became quite radiant he sat back in his chair and laughed joyously it appeared that he had not expected it a girl without a cent to her name he said quite lost in wonder mother too looked pleased but she was not so humble not every girl needs a dowry she said i could not understand why father was so happy he looked at me and what do you say raoul he asked the question troubled me suddenly somehow i had never quite realized that this question would really be put to me and that i would have to answer it i rose from the table but could find nothing to say well father said in an easy tone as if he were quite sure of the outcome there is plenty of time think it over take until to-morrow night and decide my mind was in a tumult in the meantime the matchmaker practically lived in our house he came in during the morning he came in the afternoon and again at night when father was home he would sit for hours singing the young man's praise his wealth his business abilities and his character and soon he succeeded in making my parents feel that this was one chance in a lifetime when next father asked me well what do you say i trembled i have not decided yet i told him quietly he was patient but he did not look so at ease as the night before nor so sure do you want to see him again he asked i said no he thought for a moment i don't see what you want he said he is a nice quiet young man and the main thing he is not a wage earner the smallest business man is worth ten working men tell me definitely to-morrow night we cannot keep the people waiting for an answer any longer this is not child's play you know when father was out of hearing mother added sadly by way of help perhaps it is true that you are young but you see father is poor and you are not strong i went into the bedroom and wept with my face buried in the pillows why did i have to decide this i had never been allowed to decide the smallest thing before the shape of my shoes the length of my dress the next evening i could not bear to face father i saw that i must answer him definitely and i did not know what to answer when it grew dark it occurred to me to go out into the street i could always think more clearly in the air and while walking it was a mild clear night and there was a half moon i walked so i could see it ahead of me it called me to watch it and soon my brain did clear a little and i was able to realize something of my situation father is poor and i am not strong these words had impressed themselves on my mind and now i caught at them it is clear then i thought that i must marry and if i did not marry this young man whom could i marry a tailor at the thought of a tailor the young man rose in my estimation i also saw an advantage in that he was a grocer my people could live near and get things at cost price bread butter 
sugar potatoes it will be a great help but on the other hand i could not picture myself living with the strange young man and his mother i knew now that he had a mother she was blind he was her only son and she would live with him then as now it struck me how similar my fate was to my mother's she too had married an only son and his mother had been blind and now i recalled many tragic incidents in my mother's early life grandmother had loved her son passionately and was often so jealous that though she had been a kind and extremely pious woman she did not scruple to talk to her son against his wife and influence him to unkind actions and speech mother would weep and rebel i'll never talk to her again i would hear her say but soon she would remember grandmother's affliction and she would forgive her would this mother too talk to her son against me i realized that i was neither so good nor so patient as my mother i would not stand it i thought i would run away but if i did not marry this young man what then again i saw our dimly lit home father cross and irritable mother sorrowful always the same with no change and no hope and now it would be worse for father would feel that i had had a chance to better things and did not do so but is that all there is in looking forward to marriage an uneasy fear and what is love when i reached home supper was already half over i sat down at the foot of the table and mother gave me my soup the children seemed to be sitting at the table more mannerly than usual and father spoke quietly of trivial things in the shop he scarcely seemed to notice me he was always afraid of making us children feel too important but i knew that there was one thought only in every mind my heart beat as if it would burst i leaned against the table and sat looking into my plate and stirring and stirring my soup for i knew i could not lift my hand at last i heard father lay down his spoon and push his chair away from the table a little well he asked in a by the way tone what have you decided it grew so still even the breathing seemed to have stopped and in this stillness i heard myself say yes i did not look up i knew that every face had grown brighter it was pleasant to know that i was the cause i had been nothing but a sorrow so long end of chapter forty four end of part three